may be seated. Good to see you guys this morning. Um, we started a series of messages last week called All the Fills, and um, I was getting ready for this week. We've, we've kind of got certain things that we're going to cover over the next several weeks, and um, this uh, this past week, Pastor Trent, he, he walked in my office and says, he asked me, he says, like, so what are you going to talk about this coming Sunday as they were kind of preparing for, you know, what songs that just trying to fit? And I said, well, I, th- I think I'm going to talk about shame. And he just kind of stopped for a second and he just looked at me and I said, what? He said, it's Valentine's Day. You're going to talk about shame? <laughs> I was like, oh, that's right. It is Valentine's Day. So I'm going to shame you next week. All right. I'm going to love you this week, shame you next week, right? Um, so uh, we are not talking about shame today. We're talking about love. Hey, go figure. It's Valentine's Day. Um, no, uh, we are in this message, message series called, called All the Feels, and we talked last week about how our um, emotions are like a dashboard, kind of like a car dashboard, and that uh, when we have an emotion, it's like an indicator light that goes off. And so sometimes we're trying to fix our emotions when really the emotion is just an indicator of something else that's happening in us. And so that's what we talked about last week, that emotions aren't bad. Everybody has feelings, and, and feelings aren't necessarily the, the bad thing. We don't want to be controlled by our feelings. Uh, we have to use self-control in that. But we have to understand that feelings are, uh, are just a uh, an indicator of something deeper that is happening in us. And so we ask that question, what's going on down in our heart? And that's really what I think Jesus wants to get at. What's going on in our heart? What's going on in your heart? Not just surface level stuff and not just behavior modification, but do you truly love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? You know, and that's some of the questions uh, that he got asked. Is like, what is that? What does that look like? And uh, what's the greatest commandment? You know, and so and 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 so that's kind of what we're walking through this this series in all the fields, just talking about feelings. And this morning, I want us to play a game, though. How many of you like games? I like games. So, Pastor Trent, I need you to pick me two contestants to help us. Yes, we're at, this the. This is not just, yeah. (laughs) You might just have to find somebody that's just, what you want to do is find the person who is not making eye contact with you. (laughs) All right. Give Bob a hand. Bob, come on up. Come on up here. Yeah, come on up here. Yeah, come on up here. This is Bob. We 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 need a lady. You got to. Yeah. Emilia. Is that? Yes, Emilia. All right. All right, here we go. We got Bob. We got Emilia. All right. So, so guys, we need you to put on your pop culture thinking hat. So, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm just giving away candy left and right here. Right? All right, here we go. So, so this, is, this is what this game is called. This game is called Who Is It? All right, and this is the game of mistaken identity. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you some pictures. Actually, you know what? We might need to get down here on the. Uh, let, let me have you guys come down here on the floor. That way you can see, um, and, and that way it might make it a little bit easier. Might make it a little, There we go. That way you can kind of see what's going on here. So 
I'm going to show you a picture, and then I'm going to give you two names. And I need you to tell me who it is, all right? And so, but what you're going to do is you're going to vote by where you go stand. So I'm going to tell you, say, one name will be over here, or come over here if you think it's another name, okay? So the first, let me make sure I, I, get, I get ready here so I can, I know who I've got. Dead space, somebody sing something. Da, na, na, na. No, don't do that. Here we go. All right, here we go. I am ready. First one up. Who is it? Is this Ryan Gosling or Ryan Reynolds? Now stop before you. But don't 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 say anything. If it is Ryan Gosling, I want you to stay here. If you think it's Ryan Reynolds, I want you to come over here. Okay. All right, <laughs> you know what? You're both on the same page, so that's good. So you say it's Ryan Reynolds, and you say it's Ryan Gosling. Okay. My name is Ryan Ogden, so we'll get that one right, okay? All right, but that's not going to get you any candy. So here we go. Is it Ryan? It is Ryan Reynolds. So good job, Emilia. It was just kind of a shot in the dark, but you got it. All right, so, so one point for Emilia. All right, so you keep a track of this. All right, there we go. There we go. All right, so next picture. Who is this? Is it Amy Adams or is this Isla Fisher? So if it's Amy Adams, I want you to come stand over here. If you think it's Isla Fisher, I want you to come stand over here. And so Bob, Bob's like, I'm just going to follow her. She got it right the first time. Wherever she goes, that's where I'm going to stand. It's not a bad play, way to play this, man. That's not a way bad way to play. Who is it? Is this? This is Amy Adams. It is Amy Adams. Amy Adams. It is Amy Adams. We got it right. Good job, guys. All right. So we got two to one. Two to one. All right. Who is it? Next one. Is this? Dak Shepard or Zach Braff? Dak Shepard or Zach? If, if you think it is Dak Shepard, stay here. If you think it is Zach Braff, I want you to come stand over here. Okay, all right, all right. Bob's he's changing things up, right? He's changing this up. He's like, I saw there was some Reese's in there, so I got to switch this thing up. Got to go pull it. So what is? Who is this? Is it? It's, this is Zach Braff. So, yes, Bob, yeah. Pull it even with Emily. Here we go. Neck and neck, two to two. This is, man, you feel this? The tension in this? So exciting. Church is like that. Okay, here we go. Who is this? Is this Bryce Dallas Howard or is this Jessica Chastain? If you think it is Bryce Dallas Howard, stand here. If you think it, this is Jessica Chastain, stand here. Oh, uh-oh, we're about, well, all right, who is it, guys? It is Jessica Chastain. Emilia, you got it right. She got, she gets right. She got it right. Bob's happy for her, though. <laughs> He's like, yeah, way to go, Emilia. Yeah, this is good sportsmanship. I like it. What do we got here? Three to one. Three to two. Three to two. All right. Well, goodness, this is a long game. I hope we're getting done. This is the last one. Okay. Last one. Is this? Hey, all right. I like this one. This is one I thought was easy. Everybody thought this was hard. Is this Elijah Wood 
or Daniel Ratcliffe. If you think it is Elijah Wood, I want you to come stand right here. If you think it is Daniel Ratcliffe, I want you to come stand right here. You might know these guys as Frodo or Harry. So here we go. Is it who is it? It is Elijah Wood. It is Frodo. Yeah. Right. Right. I said I said that right, right? And what we got? What's our score? Emily a one. Give Emily a hand. Bob that gets away with something there too. Give Bob a hand. Good job, guys. You're like, why did we do all this? What has this got anything to do with Jesus or the Bible or anything at all? Nothing really. I just wanted to do that. I just wanted to play some games. No, no. This this is why we did that. So mistaken identity, right? Uh, sometimes you don't know who you're looking at. You think you're looking at one thing, and really it's something else. Um, the reason we did that was because today, talking about love, there are some things that we think are love that are not. And that's what I want to talk to you about for the next few minutes is I want to talk to you about the things that sometimes get mistaken for love, but they're not, and what love really is and how the Bible describes this. And so the first thing that we find is this. What gets mistaken for love? The first thing that gets mistaken for love is attraction. That attraction gets mistaken for love. How many of you, 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 when, you know, love at first sight kind of deal, you're like, oh, my goodness, she is beautiful, you know, or, or ladies, are like, oh, my goodness, I don't know what ladies say. What do ladies say? You know, he's, he's a good-looking guy, something like that. I don't know. I'm not a lady. So I have to, have to get the ladies to fill me in on that, you know. Um, when my wife saw me, she didn't say that, so I don't know what ladies say. <laughs> uh, so attraction, you know, uh, this the first thing that gets mistaken for love is attraction, this, this thing of, of kind of love at first sight. Uh, so what uh, can start out as love at first sight eventually can become love nowhere in sight because after a little while you realize, wow, they might be pretty, but they are a dud. Uh, they are, you know, not nice at all. They're not a nice person. They, you know, and, and I don't know if you've ever met someone like that. It was a girl that I knew in high school. I thought she was beautiful, you know, and I was just like, oh, my goodness, this girl is beautiful, you know, and then I got to know her, and I realized she was not beautiful on the inside. She was, and, and so really I was like, wow, that really affects how I see her. And so sometimes what we think what we think is love uh, is really just attraction, and it's, it only goes skin deep. The second thing that we find is this, that gets confused for love, is immediacy. Immediacy is this idea that maybe it's not Mr. Right, but he's Mr. Right now, Okay immediacy. They're the person in your immediate vicinity. They're the person who is close to you in proximity. And you know what? A lot of times this happens off of rebounds. Uh, when somebody maybe gets their heart broken and they kind of move to the next person who is close in line. And it's like, you know, it's not really, you know, love. It's just you were next up, you know, and uh, so immediacy is one of those things sometimes that gets mistaken for love, uh, and some are more eager to have something instead of someone. Does that make sense? Sometimes we're more eager to, I really want that relationship, I really, maybe you see people, I really just want to get married, and, and they make bad choices in that because they're just choosing someone who's next and not someone who's right. Uh, and so immediacy is one of those things that gets mistaken for love. Uh, the next thing that sometimes gets mistaken for love 
is affection. You say, well, shouldn't you be have affection in a, in a loving relationship? Yeah, you should. Uh, but uh, nice, warm feelings or tender feelings for someone uh, don't always constitute a deep, abiding love. Just because you have, you know, nice, warm feelings about somebody doesn't mean that when the crisis hits and everything falls apart, that that's the person you want standing beside you. Uh, and so just because you have some type of affection, you know, for, for someone doesn't necessarily mean that's a deep abiding love, that there's, there's a deep abiding love there. So that's the, that's the third thing that gets mistaken for love. The fourth thing that gets mistaken for love is intensity. And I, I, I like to think of this like lightning. These are like lightning relationships, uh, that lightning has a lot of intensity, right? But it doesn't last very long. It, it comes on strong. It has, it has a lot of power when you're there. It's like, wow, you know, maybe you've ever had, had a relationship like that where it's just like everything was amazing for like, you know, a week and then it fell apart, right? And lightning's like that. It shows up for just a little bit. It's super, you know, super intense, maybe uh, very passionate. Wow, we just, you know, we just had all these conversations and stuff and then it fades away. And that's kind of what this is, this is like. This is the idea that intensity is not sustainable, that it can't just always be, wow, this is just so great, this is so amazing, because if you've been in a relationship long enough, you understand that at some point, (laughs) things may not be so great and amazing, right? And love is enduring. Intensity is not sustainable. So love is mistaken for attraction. Love is mistaken for immediacy. Love is mistaken for affection. Love gets mistaken for intensity. And the last thing that love gets mistaken for is desire. Or maybe we use the word lust. Uh, somebody has, has said that uh, love is blind. How many of you have ever heard that love is blind? Love is not blind. Take that out of your thought process. Love is not blind. Nowhere, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. What makes you blind is lust. Lust makes you blind. And a good example of that is the story of Samson in, in the book of Judges, where Samson was blinded by lust for Delilah. And so she basically led him down this path of destruction, and he willingly walked along with her, just wherever you want to go, here I go, you know. <laughs> that was Samson just walking straight to his destruction because he allowed lust to blind him. He was blinded by desire. And so lust is not the same thing. Desire is, is not necessarily the same thing as love. So these are things that get mistaken. It's like mistaken identity. Love gets mistaken for this. So if love is not these things, what is it? Well, I want to give you this statement. Love is not an emotion. Love is a choice. Love is not an emotion. And I think sometimes love's not an emotion. I've always been told that love is an emotion. Maybe you've always been told that, you know. uh, But there's a lot of things you've probably been told that aren't true, right? The reason that I say this is because what I find in Scripture is a lot different than what society tells us. When they say, well, you just, you know, love is that feeling, that intense feeling. I don't think love is a feeling at all. Actually, I think love is better than a feeling. Love is more than a feeling. And that's what I entitled this, more than a feeling this morning, is, is love is better than that. Love goes beyond that. Love is not an emotion. Love is a choice. And that's how it gets revealed in Scripture. So if you'll go with me to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5 is where we're going to go. 
See, love uh, will involve our feelings. So it's not that it's just totally devoid of feeling. Uh, it can involve our feelings, but our feelings are not the source of love. That's, that's not the source of love. And so when we look at Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 43, Jesus kind of lays this out, and, and this is what he says. Jesus says, you have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. See, what Jesus does, he kind of, he kind of goes against uh, the idea about love in that day. And he says, I'm, I'm going to challenge you. And I, he still, is still challenging us today, I believe, that he says, pray, uh, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have, right? I mean, he's like, what, what good is it to love those who just love you back, right? If, it's kind of like you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. But when you stop scratching my back, we're done, right? What good is that? Does that really sound like love? And that's what Jesus is saying. He says, that's not love. He's like, if you just love those who love you back and you just get good feelings from those who are giving you good feelings, he's like, that's not love. Love actually requires a choice. And that's when he draws that contrast. And he says, when you think about the person that irritates you, everybody close your eyes and think about that person's face right now. Don't nudge the person sitting beside you because this is Valentine's Day and I want you to go home happy. Right? <laughs> I want you to go home healthy too, not missing any limbs and fingers, all right? Um, so so this, this idea that Jesus is challenging, he, he's saying, hey, he's like, uh, this, this thing called love, it's, it's not an emotion, it's, it's, it's a choice. Because you don't like certain people. There are certain people who actually just irritate you. There are certain people who get on your nerves. There are certain people who will just, man, that they just, they just drive you up the wall. They take you to the end of your rope. And you know what? You're just like, man, I just, oh. You grip the steering wheel a little bit tighter when you think about them, right? You know? Maybe, maybe you, just, you just get a headache when you think about them, right? Just like, oh, I get a, 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 a headache. It's, so this person that you've got in your head, and, and Jesus is saying, love them. He said, but my feelings aren't there. And he says, right. Right, your feelings aren't there. You're not led by your feelings. I thank God I'm not saved by my feelings. <laughs> Amen? Anybody ever had just one of those days where you just feel like, I feel like God loves me today. Yes! I feel like I'm really close to God. And then like the next day you get up, it's like, I'm just, I'm going to bust hell wide open. You know? I've had days like that where I just felt like, God, where are you at? I feel like you don't love me. And, and the great thing is I'm not saved by how I feel. My salvation is not predicated upon my feelings. It's based on my faith in Jesus. And so when Jesus shows us, he says this, this thing called love is more than feelings. It's a choice. You have to choose to love people because your feelings will not always be there. So love is not an emotion. Love is a choice. See, Jesus directed us to a deeper understanding of what love looks like for every relationship. And this is not just for marriages or people dating or people engaged. See, this applies to your parenting. This applies to those of you who have kids. 
This applies to those of you who are somebody's kids, right? This is across the board in relationship because we have to choose to love because sometimes our feelings of love aren't always there. Because people act crazy sometimes. People, what, what I've heard somebody, they, they just act a fool, right? <laughs> people that act a fool sometimes will drive you crazy. And, and the feelings are not always there. And sometimes you have to make the choice to love them. So love is a choice. There's a guy by the name of Dave Willis. Him and his wife Ashley go around and they do marriage conferences. And uh, Dave wrote a book called uh, The Seven Laws of Love. And this is what he said. This is how he went through Scripture and defined how uh, this is his definition as, as what he, he found in Scripture. And he says, love is an unconditional commitment to selflessly serve, to truthfully communicate, to fearlessly protect, gracefully forgive, compassionately heal, and enduringly remain in relationship with and for the sake of another. That's love. That's more than feelings, right? Because feelings say, just as soon as I don't feel good about this, we're done. We're out. See, that's what our society says. Do what feels good to you. But once it stops feeling good, you just check out, right? But we were made for more than that. God has created us for more than that. Our relationships were meant for more than that. And so when we come to this point, they say, well, my feelings aren't here, but my choice is. That is when you start beginning to see this biblical idea of what love is. So what is it? What, what is love? Let's, let's, love is choosing. If love is choosing, how, how do we see this? Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is how the Apostle Paul describes it. Love is patient and kind. How many of you got this maybe in your home somewhere? You know, we do. We got it. We got it in our, in our house. You know, oh, man, only two of us, right? Some of you guys need more love in your house, right? Even if it's on your wall. Come on, start somewhere. All right? So love is patient. Or maybe we should say this. Love chooses to be patient. Love chooses to be kind. Love does not envy or boast it is not arrogant or rude it oh man you ever had those parts of the bible you just wish you could just say let's just take that out right there this would be one that i would right here see love it doesn't demand its own way how many of us demand our own way all the time i want my own way why because i like me i really love me and i like you know, the stuff that me likes. And so I always want to do the thing, and that's the selfish part of us. And so there's a part of me that always wants to demand, demand my own way. See, but love doesn't insist on its own way. This is what we talked about a few weeks ago when we talked about submission. And we look in, uh, I think it's in, in Ephesians, where it talks about submit to one another. We submit one to another. This idea of submission means, you know what? I'm not coming to you to demand my own way. I want to seek out for your good. I want to seek out for what's best for you. This is what love really looks like. It doesn't demand or insist on its own way. It is not irritable. Mm. I get irritable. Anybody? Some of y'all have seen me irritable this morning, right? 
if you were at the first service, everything, Murphy's Law just was in effect in the first service. You know, everything went wrong that could go wrong. I was irritable in the first service, you know. This, this idea that I, I get irritable, but it, it chooses not to be irritated. It chooses not to be resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. But it rejoices what? Here we go. This is that pushback when, when, it, when everybody says, well, love is blind. No, it's not. Because the author of love, the one who is love, who has revealed himself as love, God is love, so he is the authority on love, is showing us here in his word what love is. And he says, listen, love is not blind. Actually, love rejoices with what's true. Now, that doesn't mean that it doesn't come without pain. I mean, you know, sometimes the truth is painful. Sometimes we don't always like the truth. I'll, I'll be honest with you, there have been times I've wanted my wife to lie to me. You know, I be, I'm just being honest, right? I'm being honest about wanting my wife to lie to me, right? How weird is that? I, I, there, there are times that, that she has told me the truth. I'm like, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear that I'm great, that I'm awesome, that I never have a bad attitude. I want to hear that everything that comes out of my mouth is just wisdom and gold. And you know what? Sometimes she just says, well, that was dumb, Ryan. You shouldn't have said that. You, you shouldn't have acted like that. But she loves me. And she chooses to love me beyond my dumb comments sometimes and sometimes my dumb actions. And, and so love rejoices with the truth. And then it goes on, it says in verse 7, it says, love bears all things. Love chooses to believe through all things. Love hopes all things and en- endures all things. It's not a flash in the pan. It's not this feeling of just that just comes and goes, and people will say, well, I just fell out of love. Well, you fell out of something. It wasn't love. It was because love is a choice. And so what does that look like? This is what that looks like. Love is choosing to stay when you feel like leaving. Love is choosing to start again when you feel like you're done. Love is choosing to trust again when you've been disappointed. Love is choosing to get rid of your exit strategy. I'm going to say that one again. Love is choosing to get rid of your exit strategy. It's not coming into a marriage and saying, well, you know what, if this thing don't work, I, I have plan B. If you have a plan B, you're probably not operating on love. Get rid of the exit strategy. Get rid of the backdoor plan. I was reading an article, and it was about three or four years ago, I was reading this article, and in this article this this person was writing, um, they were saying maybe marriage is outdated. Maybe we should change marriage, and maybe we should marriage should come with an expiration date. Maybe you should uh, have marriage for about 10 years. Then after 10 years, that marriage certificate expires. And then if you, you, you're still feeling it, you can kind of re-up, you know, kind of renew it. And then you can kind of go again, right? But see, that's, that's, not, <laughs> that's not love. Love doesn't expire, right? It's not what, how God has created this. Love chooses to lay down my need to demand my own way. And love chooses to go long. 
even when you can't see that far. Even when you can't see that far, you say, you know what? I'm going to choose to go with you. I'm making my choice to go with you. Dr. Miles Monroe, he's, he made a statement. He says, love is the response to understanding the value of a thing. When you really understand the value of what you have, you respond in love because you make the choice to look at the value and not the feelings that you feel at that moment. See, some of you know that's like you've been married long enough to understand that the feelings can come and go and you have to make that choice. You have to make that choice in the morning when their hair is all cockeyed and, you know, they're looking at you and their breath is really bad and they're like, ooh, you know, baby, I love you, but I'm going to love you from over here until you brush your teeth, okay? <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's that kind of thing where we say, okay, hey, it's, it's a choice. I'm going to ask somebody to come play. I'm going to wrap this up. This, this is a story that, that I heard. There was a husband and wife that they were arguing, and they just, they just kept going back and forth bickering, and the wife said, let's, let's do this. I have an idea. She said, let's get a piece of paper, and let's go to the sep- our separate sides of the room, and we're going to write down everything that is wrong with the other person. The husband said, okay, let's do it. And so they got their pen, they got their paper, and they kind of went to the opposite sides of the room, and they started writing down everything that they had against the other person. And she would write a little bit, and she would look at him, she would write harder on the paper. And he would look at her, and he'd give her an ugly face, and he'd write a little harder on the paper. And she would look at him, and she was right down there. Flip the paper over. I'm whole filled up a whole side, you know. And then I'm gonna fill up the other side. He flips his paper over and he's filling it up just right and just just looking at her, you know. And they get down to the end of both sides of the paper. They have filled this thing up on both sides, and it's time for them to exchange paper so they can see what the other has written. And the wife marches across the room and she hands her husband her paper and she takes his paper and she immediately, once seeing his paper, regrets what she has put on her paper and she wants her paper back because when she looked at his paper his paper said I love you, I love you I'm angry right now but I love you I love you, I love you I love you, I'm ticked off right now but I love you I love you, I love you, I don't want to be here right now but I love you and it's this idea that we're choosing beyond what we're feeling as that's the biblical idea of love that's why we say it's not an emotion it's a choice and there are going to be days that you wake up and you don't feel it there are days that maybe you've woke up and you're like man my marriage it's just it just it is a pain it is a mess right now and i just don't feel it i'm at the end of my rope And what love does is it requires you to take that extra step and say, but I choose you. So today, being Valentine's Day, we're all about I love you, I love you, I love you. But today, maybe this is what you need to do. Instead of saying I love you, maybe today we change it up a little bit and you look at your spouse, you look at them and you say, I choose you again. I choose you again today. I choose you again right now. And I know that we have been through all this stuff, but I choose you again. 
And maybe, you know what, maybe some of you are parents and you just had it out with your kids and, and it's just been just one thing after another. And it's been heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak. And if you're a parent, you know how kids can break your heart. But maybe you just need to look at your kids. You say, you know what, you aggravate me to no end. But I choose you again. I choose you again today. Stand with me this morning. They're going to lead us in this song, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to pray for our families. This has been a song. We used to do it a lot here. Um, it's called Your Love Never Fails. And I know it may be new to some of you, but there is a refrain. You will hear that line over and over. Your love never fails. So if you don't catch on to anything else, when we get to that line, I want you to sing it out. Nothing can separate Even if I ran away Your love never fails I know I still make mistakes But you have new mercies for me every day Your love never fails You stay the same through the ages. Your love never changes. There may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. And when the oceans rage, I don't have to be afraid because I know
this is what I want you to do. I want you to get close to your family right now. I know we've got social distancing stuff, but your family, so get close. Come here, boys. They love this. But I want you to get with your families because I want us to pray for our families. I want us to pray because these are the people that we love the most, but sometimes, I mean, you know, the people you love the most can can irritate you the most too and aggravate you the most. And, and so I want us to pray for each other. I want us to pray for our marriages. I want us to pray for our parenting, for, for the grandparenting that we get involved in. And, and so whatever relationship that is that, that, that you're, you're praying about right now, let's, let's do that. Father, we just come to you. And I thank you, Father, for our families. I thank you, God, for the homes that we have. And we draw together right now and we pray over our marriages. We pray, God, over our spouses, Lord, that, that in those moments where we feel like we're, we're tense and we're at the end of our rope and we're stressed out, God, I pray, Lord, that you would help us remember, Father, that it's a choice and that, Lord, we're not in this thing only for our feelings, but we can make a choice and move beyond that, take that next step. And so, Lord, I'm praying, Father, you would give us the strength to love that way. You would give us the strength to model the love that you you have shown us and, 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 and reflected to us. And so, Lord, that's what we pray now. We pray that kind of love over our marriages, in our homes, in our parenting, Father. Lord, as kids as reflect that to their moms and dads, that we can love as we should. That when it's time to say we're sorry, when we need forgiveness, when we need second, third, fourth, fifth, tenth chance, I pray, God, that we choose to give that person another chance. And so, Lord, that's why we stand today. We stand here because of your love. We stand in your love. And we're asking, Father, that you would bless our homes. In Jesus' name we pray.